This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Welcome into NFL Friday, week seven of our NFL podcast here at FUV. Matt Murphy joined by a cast of characters in studio, Mir Gorey, Jack McClune, and Devin Clementi, who will handle our fantasy advice this week. We've got Cam Morris producing behind the glass and a couple of trainees shadowing this show while we make some magic here. <laughs> We're going to start off with a little bit of Thursday night football recap, a really good Thursday night game last night between the Chiefs and Raiders before we get our first fantasy football hit, and then we'll have Giants and Jets and our Week 7 picks later in the show, but Let's talk about last night's game between New Eng- uh, between Oakland and Kansas City. 31-30 Raiders win. Now 3-4 and four on the season. They had Derek Carr back last night playing. Kansas City, two straight losses. Now they're 5-2. and two. Thursday Night Football is officially back, I think, with a game like that. I know I saw Jack. It's you tweeted so something about that. It's so rude. I don't have time for Thursday Night Football to be good. <laughs> I liked being able to write that off on my Thursday Night Show. Well, this is going to be a terrible game. I don't have time so I could watch... The Dodgers win the NLCS un, like unbothered. I could watch the Rangers lose in a shootout to the Islanders unbothered and not have to worry about <laughs> Thursday night football. I think it's been back since that shootout between the 49ers yeah. and the Rams a couple weeks ago. It's been actually mostly good this year, which I, again, incredibly rude. Yeah. I liked it better when it was almost terrible and I could kind of write off a game for a week because I just don't have that kind of time. Surprising win, Mir by Oakland. Uh, Derek Carr, not a great completion percentage, did throw the ball 52 times, but he racked up some big-time stats, 417 yards passing, three touchdowns, and including the Michael Crabtree touchdown on the final play after a couple of penalties to, to win the game. Amari Cooper got it going. So Oakland, pretty big surprise last night to beat Kansas City. Yeah, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. I just, you know, Derek Carr was amazing last year, but the thing is, is that that's not, you know, a, a consistent mm-hmm. way to, to play. Like, usually you don't throw under 10 interceptions or under 8 interceptions uh, in a season, and, and, and he had to do all of that to make them look really good before he got hurt. And they didn't look really good to be Super Bowl contenders. They just looked like they were a lock to make the playoffs. This year, I feel like they're coming more back down to earth, and I think people don't realize that, you know, how much of a role interceptions play, you know? like yeah. Like... Derek Carr isn't going to throw, you know, less than 10 interceptions per season. He, if he can average 12 a season, that's great, I think, in my opinion. And and when you're at that, when you're in that range of interceptions, you put your team in difficult situations and you give them less of a margin to play with. And, you know, they still have things that they need to address. They need to address the, the running back situation because they let go of Murray. Right. And, and I think that that manifested itself in this game. However, because the Chiefs didn't have Eric Berry, I think that the Raiders got got it through. Now, I watched the game through throughout, and I just thought that Carr just threw some bad passes, mm-hmm. and he got away with it because I think the Chiefs are still trying to find an identity in, in the secondary since losing Barry. Amari Cooper finally getting going is, yeah. is huge for Oakland because I know a lot of fantasy owners are struggling with him on their rosters. We'll hear from Devin shortly. Cooper had 11 catches, 210 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. Marshawn Lynch got ejected, and then watched the game from the stands and took the train home. So that was another funny Marshawn Lynch storyline. Alex Smith had a good game for Kansas City in the loss, put up over 300 yards, three touchdowns. But the Chiefs have lost two straight. We don't have a ton of time to talk about this Thursday night football game. But are the Chiefs still the AFC favorites uh, when you're talking Super Bowl and stuff like that? I know Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt still had pretty decent games last night in the loss. 
they have one of the better offenses, and they're actually a lot of fun to watch, which is weird to say about a Kansas City Chiefs team. It feels like it's been a while since you can be able to say that, but you can always kind of count on Andy Reid to have a fun offense. Right. But I don't you, they must be, right? They I mean there's no reason to count them out except for that defense is a little broken and there's holes there, but you'd like to think cuz they played so well at the start of the season that they're probably fill it up. I could still see them being favorites. I know, I just want a Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl <laughs> with Andy Reid coaching against the Eagles. So there's an interesting stat. Kareem Hunt has had a, a at least 100 rushing yards in each of the games that the Chiefs have won. In the last two games, eighty-seven last night, I think eighty-nine, I think, 89. and last week was eighty-seven. I don't remember exactly. I mean, he had this week. he had over a hundred in terms of yards from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. But the point is, in the last two games, he hasn't had a hundred rushing yards, and because of that, they actually have lost the last two games, in my opinion, because I I'm a traditionalist in football. I think the run sets up the pass, and I think that Alex Smith is the perfect quarterback for that kind of embodiment because he's not a superstar quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's a star quarterback, not a superstar, and so he needs that running game a little bit. And Kareem Hunt's great, you know, and so because he hasn't had those 100 rushing yards, he, he, they've lost, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. going forward, I think that he needs to get it going. I think he's hit a rookie wall, which is normal, and I think that the Chiefs are going to suffer for it, but I think they're going to get it back get it going again in the playoffs. Monday Night Football next week for the Chiefs. Another primetime game for them taking on Denver. They'll look to snap a two-game losing streak. Coming up on our show, Giants talk about the 1-5 New York Giants team. But before we get to that, let's get to our first fantasy segment of this episode with Devin Clemente. Who's going to start this week? Who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week? Here are the players our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup. So the first guy I'm looking to definitely start this week is Jared Goff. After a down week against that shutdown Jaguar secondary, Goff should be back to impressing this season. Going up against the Cardinals' D, that's 28th in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, I fully expect him to air it out big time. Yes, Patrick Peterson is an elite defender, but Justin Bethel is not, and QBs have taken advantage of that all season. Plus, with Peterson possibly not 100%, look for Goff to ball out. My next guy is Joe Mixon. The question is, could this finally be the breakout game fans have been waiting for? Being that the Pittsburgh defense has been playing out of their minds in the secondary lately and are 27th in fantasy points allowed to running backs, I say yes. Since week three, when Bill Lazor took the reins for this offense, Mixon's averaging a healthy 19 touches per game, tying him with Carlos Hyde. He also has 15 or more carries in three straight games. Only Leonard Fournette, Le'Veon Bell, and Jordan Howard have a longer streak. The talent is there. I expect the results to follow. My last guy is Kirk Cousins. It's no secret that Philly has an elite rush defense, but their secondary leaves a lot to be desired. Despite a poor showing against them in the season opener, I expect Cousins to show off his talents this Monday, especially because he's historically been better as the season has gone on, and he's continued that this year. Captain Kirk is a points machine this week. All right, I like that. Before we get into Tommy Aldrich's Giants report, Jared Goff for my team this week or Jameis Winston? You said start Goff, but it's close. I mean, Winston's going to play through a shoulder injury. I Go Goff? You're going for it? Turn the mic on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Goff this week. Um, obviously, It's a London you know, game, though. Jared yeah. Goff in London worries me a little bit. Yeah. I don't know why. I, just, I feel like he's not going to have a good game. <laughs> I, totally, I totally get the worry there, but I'm also worried with Winston uh, not being 100% with his shoulder. And because Doug Martin has looked so good, I think that they might go a little run heavy in that game. Um, Fair enough. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jared Goff. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna roll with him, and then if if he does poorly, I'm coming back to you, Devin. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. We're about to talk about Big Blue, but let's have our beat reporter Tommy Aldrich bring us in with this week's Giants report. The Giants were finally able to put the pedal down on a season which was quickly spiraling out of control. That's right. 
Big Blue finally came to play last Sunday when they defeated the Broncos at Mile High Stadium on Sunday Night Football. You're asking how? That is a very legitimate question. Well, Justin Pugh slid over to the right tackle spot to handle the blocking duties of the league's best pass rusher, Vaughn Miller. Pugh dominated the matchup, making Miller a non-factor. DJ Fluker came in to play the right guard spot and had a pancake block on a 40-yard run play. Brett Jones played center for the injured Western Richburg and filled in nicely. Indeed, to the disbelief of many Giants fans, New York won this game in the trenches. Orleans Darkwa finally became a feature back, receiving 21 carries and running for a hard-earned 117 yards against the league's number one rush defense. Jaw-dropping, I know. Defensively, JPP had his best game of the year, notching three sacks and a forced fumble. Couple that with a pair of interceptions made by Janoris Jenkins and Landon Collins, Jack Rabbit taking his to the house, and you have some serious complimentary football being played by the New York Giants. Worth pointing out is how new look this Giants offense appeared on Sunday night. Aside from being without number 13, Ben McAdoo finally handed off play calling duties to offensive coordinator Mike Sullivan, who proceeded to get rid of old ways of thinking. The Giants lined up in a two tight end power running set over 70% of the time. A colossal difference for a unit who came into the game doing the exact opposite, lining up in basic three wide receiver sets more than anyone in the league. Look for Manning and Co. to keep it going this Sunday at home against the Seattle Seahawks as they try to climb to 2-5. and five. Covering the New York Giants, I'm Tommy Aldridge, WFUV Sports. Wow, the music choice in <laughs> for Tommy Aldrich in this week's Giants report. Incredible. And that's a huge change of pace from what you're going to hear on my Jets report coming up in the next <laughs> segment. Tommy's like, you got, he's like, on freemusicarchive.org, he's like, you got to go under the hip hop genre. I'm like, mm. all right, because mine is like this weird, you'll, you'll hear it shortly. <laughs> I, don't even, if, I don't even want you guys to hear it, but I mean, it's the only song I could find, and I was kind of crammed for time this week putting it together. But. We get to talk about a Giants win this week. 1-5 now, a 23-10 road win in Denver on Sunday Night Football. Seattle coming up, but let's take a look back at that win, 13-point win over the Broncos. Nobody really saw that coming at all, I think. I did. You did? Did you pick it? I picked the Giants. Uh, Shame on me, then, for... Not giving you your props. I'm, I'm, there. G- I'm good at picking up this. <laughs> I'm good. I, the Jets should have won, but whatever. Um, don't mean to step on your toes. I just I no, really want good. to talk about Go this ahead. Giants game. I have been raving about Evan Ingram in the rookie reports every mm-hmm. week that I've been writing, and you know what? It, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm so happy that he's finally getting the credit. The New York. How many catches did he have? He had a five yard touchdown. Well, yeah, he, he didn't have that many eight, fantasy I th- points. Yeah, I think he had eight. But the thing is, he he was he was the best player on the field. Because he's he, the only guy that can catch a pass on the field for the Giants. Well, no, he was the best player because he 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 carried that offense. You know, he the 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 Broncos defense was actually soft because they were focusing so much on Ingram and and they were giving so many opportunities to players like Darkwa, who I think he's okay. Mm-hmm. I prefer Gallman, obviously. But he's not going over 100 yards against the Seahawks defense. No, he's week. not going over 100 again this season, in my <laughs> opinion. But you know, fine. But you know, I just think that he was the best player on the field. I thought he was the most impactful. I know the Giants defense stepped it up, but the thing is against Trevor Simeon, I don't think it's that, it's really that hard mm-hmm. to step it up. You know, I think the defense is almost extra motivated because they want to get those picks, you know. Right. But, um, you know, like I, I just thought 
Ingram was great. I thought he saved the season from from making a complete laughing stock. I'm hoping the Giants bottom out so that we can get a top five pick and get Orlando Brown at O line. But I'm I'm glad that Ingram is finally showing the Giants fan base that you know what? Yeah, he's not the offensive line we all wanted, but the important thing is can he win us a game? And yeah, he did. He won us this game. And he won us a game when no one was believing in us. We had no receivers. No one wanted to pick us except for me. And, <laughs> and the Giants won. So I'm, I'm super hyped as a Giants fan. Fair enough. Jack, how about this? Giants were one of eight road teams to win this past week. And overall this season, road teams are 46 and 44. So huh. interesting numbers there. But I'm not really sold yet. I no, mean, I, I don't think the, the offense is just kind of a fluke week. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought, oh, the, the Broncos defense is so good. But really, I mean, Janoris Jenkins had a pick six. Jason Pierre-Paul had three sacks. It was more about the Giants' defense, I think, and I don't think the offense, Dark was not going to have a game like that again. You don't know if Ingram's going to be consistent week in, week out from here on out because he is the only guy in that Mm -hmm. offense. So a good glimmer of hope, but I I still think that it's not going to be a great rest of the season. You're not winning games if you only score. If you have 266 yards of offense, right. you don't win saying, more than one game. Yeah, I'm not saying the Giants won because, you know, it was like a, an indication. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, in my opinion, right. it was just, and I've noticed this always in sports, in any sport, when a team is highly, highly touted mm-hmm. or when a team is just everybody's betting against, usually they do kind of a little bit of the opposite. And I thought that's why I picked the Giants last week because I thought, everybody's ragging on them, everybody's putting up memes of just all the injuries, and I thought this is a game that just the giant, somebody's going to step up and it's going to happen. I mean, Ingram has been consistent, though. The one thing about Ingram is, yeah, he doesn't look like the next OBJ, but he at least is a great possession receiver. But we need to see it. And Last week was his only week as the guy in the mm-hmm. offense. You need to see him be consistent uh, as the guy. Well, he okay, but he was consistent as a possession. He's been a consistent possession receiver, which is a very hard thing for a rookie and a very hard thing for receivers in general. I mean, like Randy Moss isn't known as a, a great possession receiver that can, you know, just when you need a play, he can give you that play. Randy Moss was always that guy who was kind of in and out, in and out, hot and cold, hot and cold. T.O. is a good comparison of a guy that when you need him to catch it, he'll catch the ball. And that's what that's what I love about Ingram. I don't think he's an OBJ. I don't think he's a superstar receiver. I mean, he's a tight end. But mm-hmm. I just think he's a he's a player that when you need to convert on downs, he can get you, he can get you that. So a surprising win. Let's talk about this week hosting Seattle. It's the battle of... Whose offensive line is worse, I guess, <laughs> at, at this point in the Did season. Did you hear about Jokel? No, I didn't. Luke Jokel's out for the Seahawks, so they've lost another starter. Oh. Well, the Giants were without six starters this past week. so <laughs> No, two- I'm just saying like, it's getting even worse for the Seahawks. Whose offensive line is healthier, Seattle, the Giants, or Fordham football? Ooh, we'll stay away from that one. <laughs> Seattle comes in 3-2, and two, Giants 1-5. Who has the edge on defense here? Because everyone talks about Seattle's defense mm-hmm. and their and their front seven and and well, that lost and all that. Averill, you know, I mean, but I mean the, the trade with to get Sheldon Richardson from mm-hmm. the Jets and stuff like that. It's just they're intimidating on paper usually every single year. The Giants kind of flying under the radar. I feel like some of their defensive performances, but a good one this past week against the Broncos. But you I have mean, to they remember still, they give up three hundred sixty six. Yeah, you have to remember air. ten points against is against a Trevor Simeon led mm-hmm. offense, and this week Russell Wilson should give them. A little bit more of a problem. I don't know. Who has the edge here defensively? 
Oh, defensively, I think the Seahawks. Though mm-hmm. Sheldon Richardson hasn't been as great people want as great as people want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think it's just because he showed up so late. He it's going to take him the whole season really to get. Mm-hmm. Next year is the year to start evaluating how great Sheldon Richardson is for the Seahawks. I think they have the the Seahawks have the edge, right. but I don't think the defense is going to win them the game. I think Russell Wilson's going to win them the game. This well, year. my thinking is only Engram to throw to for Eli. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seattle could just Shepard's come at Eli all game. The thing is, their passing defense has not really been that good. I mean, they're they're getting old. They're getting mm-hmm. old real sure. fast. Yeah. It's fair enough. Shepard's coming back, maybe. They're supposed yeah, he's probable for this week. They said his ankles. He should be good to go. I mean, so the Giants are like the Mets, right? Is that fair? Like Odell yeah. Beckham is Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Brandon, Brandon Marshall's Jarius Familia, and then Sterling Shepard, Stephen Matt. So like, give him three weeks. That's actually perfect. Gone. I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> it's a, it's well, it's sad because <laughs> it's the same thing too. They come into the season like this is the year sad. they're going to be great, and then like immediately they're terrible and everyone's hurt. And then what's the running game going to look like? You think is Gallman going to be in the mix or is it Darkwa again? Because I don't think he's going to have a good game against When I this raved defense. about Gallman three weeks ago, he finally showed up mm-hmm. on his birthday. Scored. Right. I I just I want to give him really credit good. on that. He's really good. I don't know why they don't give him the ball. Like it doesn't really make sense to me. Like mm-hmm. la- this past weekend was his worst game. But I mean, the, if you watch the game, the the plays that he was given the the ball was always like on the third consecutive running play or the second mm-hmm. consecutive running play. So I I felt like they weren't. I don't know what it is. I don't think McAdoo really likes him, but he's he is by far the best running back. Yeah, in, I think he's going to catch Giants. a lot of passes this week. I think they're going to have to yeah, with that pass I, rush from Seattle. They're going to have to swing it out to him a lot. And if McAdoo's gone, I really next year I think Mac like Ingram or Gallman's going to really like just mm-hmm. light it. Well, up. you were saying a couple weeks ago when we hosted together that you don't think Gallman is like the guy for the future at running back for the Giants. You were saying they might. Was that you saying they should draft Saquon Barkley? No, it was actually Tommy, and I was arguing with him. About <laughs> oh, okay, it. and then and then uh, and then I was right. <laughs> like like because you're really all good. aboard the draft an offensive lineman in the first round next year. Training. Yeah, right. and, and and I, well, it's also because I, I don't know. Barkley would be awfully tempting if they're in that range. Well, the thing is, Gallman's great in space, and if you move him in motion, he's great. So he actually mitigates the issues of the offensive line because he can catch. They're just not using him, and, mm-hmm. and Jack brings up a good point. They should throw it to him more. Yeah. I, 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 again, I don't know what's wrong with McAdoo. I, I think there are a lot of reasons, but one player that they've really mismanaged is is Gallman, and and I hope next year he's gonna, you know, be be in a better situation for for the the fact of the offensive line. I'm a big Sooners fan. Orlando Brown is the best offensive lineman and best prospect on the O line last three years. Unbiased opinion as a Sooners. <laughs> no, I don't think it's no, no, no. He's definitely. No, no, it's not because he 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 is the best offensive lineman rated by Mel Kiper. He he is he is the best. But I also think he's the best in the last three years on talent and also like Laramie Tunsil two years ago was great, but he had the character issues. He does Orlando Brown doesn't. So I think he would be a great fit. And then maybe the Giants can trade back in the first round, get maybe Will Greer, trade Eli. I don't know something like that. But I really think Wayne Goldman needs to play more, and that's my hope for next week, even though I think the Seahawks are going to win because maybe, of Russell Wilson. Maybe it's a step-by-step thing. They had to take them one week to get Evan Ingram involved after all the injuries, and now it's Wayne Goldman's turn. But Goldman was involved two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, it's weird. I thought that was, know, that was no it was organization. Weird. It was weird for them to go away from because, like you said, he was so successful two weeks ago, then all of a sudden they like, were going to pound it with well, Orleans. Well, three Dark weeks Lord. ago was super successful, mm-hmm. and two weeks ago he had like 80 total scrimmage yards yeah. on, like I think it was 12 touches. Mm-hmm. Not even 12 carries, but 12 touches. Yeah. Right. Well, the Seahawks are 4-0 at MetLife Stadium, including their Super Bowl victory a couple years back. Giants are going into a bye week after this game. How do we see this this game between the Seahawks and Giants playing out this week? I, I like the Seahawks on the road. I don't really have a score because I feel like the Seahawks offense is kind of weird. You don't know how many points they're going to score, but I think they come in as road favorites and come away with a win. I think it's gross. 
I'm willing to bet this is a disgusting game. It ends yeah. Like, God. First it's rude. Now it's 12 I love six. Yeah. 12 six, no touchdowns. I love these adjectives. <laughs> first it's rude to have a good Thursday night game. That's gross. Like a gross game this for the This could Giants be an Seahawks. ugly game, though. I mean, in my opinion, like I said, Seahawks are going to win because Russell Wilson's going to have like mm-hmm. two rushing touchdowns. He's going to run somehow and get some yards, maybe get in Landon Collins' face, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. It's going to be some running plays from Russell Wilson that's going to win the game. There we go. All right, so we're all going Seahawks this week against the Giants. More picks coming later in the show in our Week 7 Pick'em segment. Also, Jets talk coming up. But right now, let's get our second fantasy segment with Devin Clementi. Who to sit this week? Predicting this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week. So the first guy I'm concerned about is T.Y. Hilton. To me, T.Y. is the ultimate boomer bust, especially after alternating huge weeks with absolute flops lately. Now, I'm a Jacoby Brissett fan, but I don't like his chances against this elite Jacksonville secondary, and without him producing, neither will Hilton. My next guy is Cam Newton. For the past few weeks, so many people have been wrestling with the same question, is Cam Newton back? After big games against the Pats and Lions, a lot of people say yes, but I'm still not sold. I'll admit, the performance on the road in Detroit was very impressive, but last week's three-interception game against Philly left me wondering what he really has left. With so many question marks and a matchup with a stout Bears D in Chicago, I'd temper expectations. My last one is Alshon Jeffrey. Now, I love the Eagles this year, I love Zach Ertz, but Ertz has been the one that's been Wentz's safety blanket and his go-to end zone target. So where is Alshon's fantasy value? Interestingly, Wentz has trusted him with an impressive amount of contested balls, but not enough to return the elite value that so many wanted from him. So I don't like Jeffrey's prospects in this game, especially if Josh Norman returns. Good Eagles talk in there from from Devin Clemente. I don't know about Blunt. I'm thinking about sitting Blunt this week, so that's something that's on my mind. I'm starting Aguilar this week. Because I have to. He has a couple touchdowns this yeah, year. I feel he, like he's too touchdown dependent for me, He's really been though. so much more involved in the offense than Alshon Jeffrey the past few weeks. And a team that's weirdly been Good. better than <laughs> we thought is the New York Jets. That's the segment right now. We will talk about their loss to the Patriots and look ahead to them going for a season sweep of the Miami Dolphins this week down in Miami. But first, let's hear my Jets report for Week 7. You've probably seen the replay countless times by now. It's the most talked about Jets fumble since the butt fumble. And Austin Safarian Jenkins' controversial touchdown turned touchback was about as big of a momentum killer as the Jets could have had last week against the defending Super Bowl champion Patriots. After jumping out to a 14-0 lead early in the second quarter, the home team allowed the Pats to get back into it. Rob Gronkowski's short touchdown catch with nine seconds left in the first half made it 14-14 at the break. Gronk ended up scoring with rookie safety Jamal Adams on him in coverage again in the second half, but it was really the overturned ASJ touchdown that sealed the Jets' fate. They were down 10 at the time, early in the fourth, and ended up getting a stop on the very next series. You can't beat the Patriots when a call like that goes against you. Seven ended up being the difference in the game, a 24-17 Jets loss. Here's Safarian Jenkins after the game. If I catch the ball and I run through both of them, and I get and I stand up and I don't fumble or anything like that, then that's what it is. I didn't feel like I fumbled, but it is what it is. Like I can't control that. I got a game next week. This game's over with. They played well, made two more plays than us to win, and that's what it is. This week, it's a divisional rematch. The Jets head to Miami in search of a season sweep of the Dolphins, a team they handled by two touchdowns back in week three. My official prediction this week is a 2017 Jets win. 
The Josh McCown ASJ connection is real, and Bilal Powell will suit up at running back after missing last week's game with a calf injury. This would be an important W for the Jets following the loss to the Patriots, especially because Gang Green lines up against the other Super Bowl 51 participant, the Atlanta Falcons, next week at home. Covering the... I'm Matt Murphy, WFUV Sports. I told you the, the difference in music was going to be <laughs> astounding, and I think it, it lived up to the billing. But the Jets 3-3, three and three, a tough seven-point loss to the Patriots this past Sunday at home. And I think we've got to start with the play that I talked a lot in that report about, the Austin Safarian Jenkins touchback where he dove across the, the goal line near the left pylon, and it was score, called a touchdown on the field, a four-yard touchdown pass that would have cut the 10-point deficit for the Jets. And it was overturned after a review that – I don't know how they can see something conclusive enough to overturn that. That's like the phrase you hear so often is not enough evidence in the replays. And they ended up saying that he was bobbling. Or he fumbled the football twice mm-hmm. on the same play out of bounds, which by rule is a touchback. Patriots got it back. And from there, you kind of really knew that the Jets didn't have a chance. They probably wouldn't have won. They might not have won the game even if it was called a touchdown because they would would have still been trailing. You don't know how the rest of the game mm-hmm. is going to play out, but a really controversial call. Yeah, Al River on the ratings are said it was clear and obvious too which I thought was bizarre it's like it was a clear and obvious right. case to overturn it it's like where I mean I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna come out and be honest. Patriots fan loved the call for like my own like yeah. super biased reasons you but can't beat the Patriots like I said in the, the report yeah. when you get a call like that <laughs> against you yeah like I mean super biased reasons loved the call but absolutely was one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen the only thing I really saw in the replay is and if you haven't seen it you should definitely mm-hmm. look it up and I'm sure you've seen it by now but his left arm comes off the ball a little bit, but it's still like it's not like the ball ever like came out of his. Yeah, the ball like, looks possession. like it's floating. Yeah, kind of like it was in his, his midsection. Just yeah. like his right arm still might have even been on it, mm-hmm. but it was a weird play because the way they they called it on the field was that he fumbled it out of the end zone, and then they said the NFL came out and tried to get ahead of it on Twitter or something with their statement, and they said that he didn't have possession going over the goal line, which is like two different things, mm-hmm. I feel like. They said two fumbles on one play. Mir, I don't know what you thought about that. Did they get the call right? It could just be a case of the the rule is just fairly hard to understand. All right, three things. First of all, they got the call wrong. Second of all, I picked the Jets to win, so I'm upset because <laughs> I hate the Patriots more. Yeah. Actually, four reasons. Third, Jack, you're a Patriots fan? Yeah, I'm a dirty, dirty front runner. Oh, my God. I won 100 I like, bucks when I was six Devin, years old. I, I shook this man's hand. Yeah, I mean, that was oh a mistake. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot before he's Giants <laughs> I was trying to think because when you do shows with people at FUV, it's always like, is this guy a Jets or Giants fan? I can't remember. But he, he's neither. He's a Patriots. Good old Jack <laughs> over here just tricking me. All yeah. right. Well, anyway, the fourth reason is... Um, all right. So the fourth thing that I, I took away from this game is, and Devin, I, I'm really sorry to say this, but... I thought the Jets came out firing. I thought they did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They looked great. And then, you know, the Patriots obviously were coming back. But uh, first of all, that was not a pass interference by Jamal Adams. Right. That was really, yeah, no, it wasn't. really <laughs> irritating to see. Yeah, but that um, touchdown, but that's the a, first touchdown by Gronk on that questionable call to get it down there, mm-hmm. um, that came after Buster Screen dropping an easy pick, which mm-hmm. I think if you I don't know. if you don't catch a pick like that against the Patriots, like you got to do everything right to beat the Patriots right. and teams like that. And, that came on that same drive. But, you know, the other thing is that, you know, like, I think Rob got that call because it's Rob Gronkowski, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I'm used to that with the NBA and on, and I think the NFL does that too. 
But uh, I don't know if y'all saw uh, Mike and Mike on Monday morning, and I, no. I was listening to it because while I'm working, I, I'll, I'll listen to Mike and Mike. And um, he he starts out the interview, Adam Silver does, and he says, you know, guys, do you see the NBA ever overturning calls because of a, 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 of a lack of evidence? You know, mm-hmm. like just just you know, he always yeah. says the NBA only overturns a call unless if it's indisputable, indisputable, you know, evidence. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a huge shot against the uh the the nfl and i was really shocked about it. i know i'm trying like i'm changing the subject a little bit but my point to the state well, your brain is just thinking about pick and pod because you guys were in there <laughs> no, 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 talking no. basketball no. before this no my my point is i mean this was a bad look for the nfl and and i feel like we're getting this almost every two weeks mm-hmm. and i know the sport is like sports is all about you know if a call is good or not but the nfl is always getting this bad rap i always hear negative things for the nfl and this was a call that i think a lot of people just were making fun of and it's the patriots and i know jack mm-hmm. i know you're a patriots fan but a lot of people in the nfl think that the nfl helps out you know the patriots and i felt like this was one of those instances mm-hmm. I don't know if you can say it helps out. I mean, they did try to suspend Tom Brady for four games <laughs> for nothing. I don't think if that's Gronk diving into the end zone, no, I yeah, don't I think agree. they, they no, overturn yeah, you're it. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, it's weird with the NFL. It's, it's similar to, because my mind's always on baseball, so I already talked about the Mets. But it's We're bringing same, all sports yeah, into it. It's the same thing with, <laughs> with replaying baseball with guys' feet coming off the bag, sliding back into the bag, where things have gotten so precise that they're able to pick apart little things that you never yeah. would have had to worry about. That's, little That's a good point. Yeah. And so you would never have seen in real time the ball kind of coming out of Safarian Jenkins' arm. So then why would the refs? Exactly. Yeah. It's, so they would never yeah. have noticed it. And so while on the one hand you're in favor of getting the call right, so like when guys get tagged off the bat because their foot came off first, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. He was out. And in the same situation, not in this one because I do think that call was wrong, or if the call was right, then the rule is wrong, that that ball was bobbled and whatever had happened there. That's not the idea of getting the rule right because you can see it better. I'm kind of okay. Yeah, with, exactly. Theory, it's like it's the a problem is that the, the rule, like the catch rule in general, has become so and possession in general has become so gray. Yeah, it's so a, much subjective a, bits and pieces to it, and they try to add more words to it to make it clearer, but it's getting less clear. And it's becoming such a technicality that mm. they're like, uh, like should, could, indisputable, undisputable. Mm. I mean, they're using words that I just think make it. So subjective that if, and to your point, Jack, if any regular person saw that, they would have said, that's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And there would be no doubts about it. Right. I mean, I think it was so heavily talked about this past week, that play. But the Jets' start was incredible mm-hmm. in that game. 14 nothing lead early sweating. in the second quarter. I think I a lot of people, I, I didn't know like at what point this game was going to turn. I felt like <laughs> you can never count out the Patriots, obviously, as we saw in the Super Bowl and you've seen throughout Tom Brady's career. But Safarian Jenkins and Jeremy Curley had touchdowns to to start the game. Mm -hmm. Curley early in the second quarter on a third down play. Josh McCown on third down this year, 75% completion percentage, first in the entire NFL. And he said when Jeremy Curley was added to the team right before the season started, when he came back to New York, that Curley came up to him. I think they were just greeting each other like, how you doing, like Jeremy, Josh. And he's like, look for me on third down. That's the first (laughs) thing he told him, that he told Josh McCown. So it worked out there, but obviously a few things didn't work out so well for the rest of the game, and the rest is history, especially with that call on uh, Safarian Jenkins's fumble. But they've got Miami this week, another divisional opponent um, on the road. So they had a couple home games, but now they're they're playing the Dolphins, who are coming off a huge win over Atlanta. Mir, did you have that? Did you have Miami over Atlanta last week? I didn't, and I should have, but I didn't. I, I I called I called two upsets. I'm I'm averaging two upsets a week, but but not that one. I should have. I. Hindsight twenty twenty, I know, but but 
I, I'm I'm so against the Falcons just structurally because I think they're a team that like goes on streaks. Mm-hmm. So um, I I saw that coming, but but no, I didn't I didn't have it. Again. Yeah, when these teams played in Week Three, I said uh, earlier uh, during my report that the Jets won by two touchdowns. Uh, they almost shut out the Dolphins, and it was a garbage time. Devontae Parker touchdown at mm-hmm. the end, and Jay Cutler I think had a 22 QBR, and Jay Ajayi averaged 1.5 yards per carry on like double digit carries in that mm-hmm. game. I'm gonna continue saying this: that Wildcat play from I think it was three weeks ago. Was yeah, it wasn't so the Jets embarrassing. Game. Yeah. No, no, but from Jay Cutler that was yeah. so he stood on the side. That was so embarrassing that if I were a Dolphin player, I would immediately go to the coach. If you don't take him out of the starting lineup, I'm not. I'm not going to try. And I and well, I'm the fans shot. in Miami. I mean, this is this is going to be a Miami home game. They've been chanting, "We want more." Matt Moore, the backup. Yeah, because or, he's they're okay. definitely not chanting, not "We want more." Jay Cutler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, mm. Matt Moore's okay. <laughs> no, Murphy. Like, <laughs> that hurt me a lot. Why are you a Jay Cutler fan? No, they more Jay Cutler. That was just mm, mm, bad puns. I do have to say that's not an original joke of mine. I, I got I, that from that, honestly, Barstool guys. You should be Barstool saying that. Guys. That's better that it's not original. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is going to be an interesting game for a 500 Jets team. They need this game because the rest of their schedule, I've been saying it for weeks, is insanely hard. Mm-hmm. They've got the Falcons next week at home. You say you're down on the Falcons right now? I, I mean, I don't. You were saying you don't I'm like. I'm just. I'm a. They're a streaky team. I think I'm down on the Falcons. I mean, they're they're playing the Patriots right this week. Yeah, I yeah, think so. so they're oh that boy! Game. <laughs> but then they get the Jets next week. So I mean, I don't know. A big deal in the in the loss for the Jets this week, I thought was Bilal Powell not playing. He's been such. Yeah a playmaker for them all year. I mean, I don't know why this guy wasn't getting carries earlier in the season, the first two weeks when they were losing and they got blown out at Oakland, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But he had explosive plays the weeks after that, and then he had the calf injury that kept him out last week. I don't know if they would have won with him in the lineup last week, but it certainly helps this week just to open some things up through the air for Josh McCown to look the way of ASJ and look to curse and, and other guys like that. To have him rather than leaning on it looked like they were leaning on Matt Forte out of the backfield for passes, and then mm-hmm. Elijah McGuire, the rookie who was a late-round pick for carries. So having Powell back could be a difference in this game, which is probably going to be pretty ugly and low-scoring. Yeah, he's definitely the best option they have out of the backfield, and he's a fun guy to watch. I mean, he gets when he gets into space, he's gone yeah. pretty much every time. So that's definitely someone who they need to get involved more to have any kind of success. He had that 89-yard touchdown yeah. uh, earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a better option than Matt Forte, who's done— I think that's fair to say he's done, and then you yeah. don't know what you have. Elijah Maguire can break free and get open when he gets into space, but he's. An I think they play rookie. off each other, Powell yeah. and Maguire, a little bit, just in mm-hmm. terms of whoever is ready at what part of the game. But having yeah. him back is going to help. I don't know if it, it puts them over the top to to take both from Miami this year. I do like the Jets. You heard you heard me say uh, twenty seventeen. I think I had as my score mm-hmm. for this. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. The Jets haven't scored over twenty three points this entire season, so I don't know if they can put up as good of an effort as they did back in week three against Miami, but I still like them to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to offend my fellow Italian over here. I you really, keep pointing at our fantasy guy, Devin, uh, yeah. who's a big Jets fan next well, to you. And, <laughs> and, you know, last week, you know, we were we both picked the Giants, and he was going to pick for the—or, sorry, we both picked the Jets to win, and we were going to both pick the Giants to win, but he, he backstabbed me, and it, <laughs> it ended up turning on him, and it was great. But Wait, I'm not he gonna, told you that he was going to pick before it, the show? He told no, you? It has, as he was like debating, I was like convincing him, because I convinced him to, to, to pick the Jets. And, and I, I think I, I did the right thing, because you need a root for the Jets. I know it's it's hard being a Jets fan, so I'm, I'm helping you on this one. <laughs> Look, I, I would normally... I would normally say Dolphins are going to win this, but for you, I'm going to say the Jets are going to win this week. And, we'll and that's the only reason. We'll save Jack's pick uh, for the actual pick'em okay. segment. 
So we don't want to. Fine with me. The fans are just gonna. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. Patiently too bad. wait. It's gonna be another ugly game and just. Oh yeah, well, is this one like definitely like, repulsive? Definitely maybe, gross. The newer, um, new adjective. It's gonna be mm, lukewarm. Grotesque. Lukewarm. Lukewarm's a good yeah. one. Absolutely lukewarm. There's I gonna be like Jack. one good play from both teams. You're like my favorite Patriots fan ever. I'm <laughs> loving all these adjectives. You need to be on more. All right, that's going to do it for our Jets talk. They've got Miami this week. We'll get you the rest of the Week 7 slate with our predictions coming up after our final fantasy segment of NFL Friday with Devin Clementi, the sleepers section. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking. If you need to stream a wide receiver this week, I'd look towards Zay Jones. The Tampa Bay defense has been straight up brutal recently. And after making the ageless Larry Fitzgerald look like he was 25 again, I could see Jones having a big game as the Bills' number one option. My next guy is Mohamed Sanu. Sanu returns this week for the Falcons, which should take some pressure off the offense and get them back on track. And of course, a matchup with the New England defense isn't too shabby either. So look for Mo to get some looks in the end zone, with Julio Jones only receiving one such target all year. And my last streaming option is the New York Jets D. The Jets' defense was extremely impressive last week, and if not for a late second-half interception by Josh McCown that set up a Pats touchdown, could have easily held the Patriots under 20 points, which, safe to say, is no small feat. The secondary looked energized and nearly picked off the great Tom Brady twice. So if they could bait Tom Brady into such mistakes, what could they do to Jay Cutler? Hmm, what could they do to Jay Cutler? Very interesting. Very, very mean things. (laughs) Very mean things. They could get more. Fair <laughs> they could bring out more. That's how bad that could get. Devin, what do you think about John Brown this week from Arizona going up against the Rams in London? You know, I just I just haven't seen enough between him and Jerron Brown. I think that they kind of like and JJ Nelson and JJ Nelson. I think they take away from each other. So the only the only uh, Arizona wide receiver, Fitzgerald? yeah, I I trust Fitzgerald. But other than that, I think it gets kind of dicey. I don't know. I'm thinking about plugging John Brown in there in one of my my deeper leagues because he's kind of pulling away as the number two receiver. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I could totally see. I'm that. between him and Aguilar in a league. Who would you take out of those two? I would probably go with Aguilar there. Yeah, that's what I have right now. They're both kind of touchdown dependent, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like they're pretty similar. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Eagles are playing better overall mm-hmm. this year. That was so my thought process at the end of the day. Maybe go with Wentz over Carson Palmer in that matchup. But we are always pressed for time on NFL Friday. So let's <laughs> get to our Week 7 Pick'em segment where we make our predictions for the week. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. All right. Well, I was going to have somebody in the back should probably write down our picks for this because I don't have the sheet like we usually have going and then we usually tweet out <laughs> our picks, but whatever. <laughs> Let's start. And then I don't ha- we all don't have the same website up, so we're, the order is probably going to be pretty random. So just go with whatever game I give you guys. Okay? Yeah, that's fair. The London game, Cardinals against the Rams in London. I'm going with the LA Rams. I'm going Rams too. I'm going Rams as well. I'm going Cardinals. Right. Why? AD. AD. Why? Quickly. Peterson. All day. Yeah. AD. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All day. Fair enough. All right. Tennessee Titans in Cleveland to take on the winless Cleveland Browns. I'm going Tennessee on the road. Tennessee. Mariota has 400 yards passing. Tennessee. I really, 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 really want to pick the Browns, but I'm going to go with the Titans. The guys in the back are definitely scrambling right now. I mean, we could probably all just – I think we're close to being on the ball here. I see a thumbs up. <laughs> Jaguars. I saw a thumbs down. I don't. I, I thought don't it was a thumbs know. up. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Jaguars at Colts. 
The Colts have had a ton of success against Jacksonville in Indianapolis in recent seasons, but I don't think that they face a Jaguars team that's been this good on defense in a couple of years, so that's why I'm taking the Jags on the road. And taking the Jags, too, they've kind of figured out their offensive problem that is never letting Blake Bortles throw. So I'm <laughs> well, going Four, Jacksonville. Fournette's a little banged up, so if they get him healthy enough to have his normal role, I like them mm-hmm. a lot more. Yeah, Jacksonville. I- I'm going Jacksonville as well, and even if Fournette is a little banged up, Chris Ivory's look good, and uh, yeah. and yeah, so I'm gonna go Jacksonville. That's that's actually my reason. I think I think Fournette has been a little lucky in the last two weeks. He's had big rushing yards, like a 75 yard run, seven hundred yard, sorry, seventy five yard rush, yard <laughs> rush an eighty yard rush. So I, I think you know Ivory's the, the 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 just key reason why they win. Divisional matchup: Bengals at Steelers. I'm going with the home team in this one. I just picked two road teams the last two matchups, but I'm going with Big Ben. I don't think he's going to have as many turnovers as he did. Was that last week or two weeks ago with the five picks? Two weeks ago. Two, two weeks ago. ago. I don't think the Bengals can force him into that, despite them having a good D. I think Le'Veon Bell has a big day and going Pittsburgh. There's nothing about the Bengals' offense excites me at all. There's no. I don't see any potential that really Andy Dalton's having. Just a bad year. i got to go Pittsburgh in this one. I'm actually really excited to watch this game. I love this rivalry, but I'm going to go Bengals this game. You know, Devin, man, come on. You know, uh, oh, this is tough. I really want to go with the Bengals. I think they're interesting. I, th- I think the Steelers, though, are going to pull it out. I, I want to pick another upset, but I, I think the Steelers are going to win. I don't know if Mir's upset's going to be here. Ravens at Vikings. The Vikings are just too good at home. I'm going to pick Minnesota. I think they've got things figured out, even with Case Keenum in there at quarterback. I don't know. Looks like there's gonna be no, no. There is no Stephon Diggs this week, so I don't really know what you have in Minnesota on offense anymore. I think the I Ravens' go offense is pretty bad. It's though. just as bad, but I think they just kind of win a fluke game here. Okay, I'm gonna go Minnesota. They're the home team. The Ravens' defense defense is definitely gonna keep it close, but their offense is just non-existent. Jack, I think you're gonna be right on this one. <laughs> I really want to go with the Vikings, but I'm going with the Ravens. They've been losing a lot. They're gonna turn it around. I do just like for the, one week. I do like the Ravens defense. I just don't think Joe Flacco and the offense are, are very good. <laughs> Jets at Dolphins. I've already made my pick as Jets. Jack, what do you got? I think the Dolphins win, but Jay Cutler has less than 120 yards passing. I'm gonna go Jets. I like the way that the defense has been trending. Devin, I'm putting this all on you. I'm <laughs> betting on you, baby. I'm going with the Jets only for Devin. Slight upset with three of us going with the underdog in that one. Or did all? F- Oh, yeah, you, you picked the I Dolphins. Picked Dolphins okay. The Fair Patriots enough. fanned it. Yeah, you know. The Bucks behind a banged-up Jameis Winston in Buffalo to take on the Bills. I'm going to go with the squad that one of Devin's sleeper suits up for, Zay Jones' Bills in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills, too. LeSean McCoy still had there's no rushing touchdowns for the Bills yet this year. I think LeSean McCoy gets a couple. I'm going Bills as well in this one. Go, Bills, go. I've been telling Rick they're going to make it to the playoffs, so i got to keep rolling with the Bills, right? <laughs> Rick Schultz, the sports director here at FUV, a Buffalo Bills fan. Carolina in Chicago to take on the Bears. I'm going to take the Panthers on the road. I don't think the Bears win again this week. Yeah, I think the Panthers, there's been a lot of hype about the Bears defense. I know you mentioned it with Cam Newton maybe not starting this week. I think he still has a decent game. I think Panthers win this one. I've been going back and forth with this one. I think that the Bears could pull pull this one out. Big upset. Yeah, Jackson looks really good in the secondary for the Bears. You know, it's in Chicago. I think Mitch Trubisky's going to have a good game. I'm, I'm going with the Bears. The Panthers look like they're spiraling a little bit in the last two weeks after the incident that Cam Newton had with the press conference. A little bit of division there amongst us. Uh, this one, maybe we'll see some more division here. Saints at Packers, but Brett Hundley leading the Packers offense on home field. I'm going with Drew Brees and the Saints. I think him and Michael Thomas, they hook up a couple times this week. 
Yeah, I think if the Packers bye week was this week and not next week, I'd be more likely to pick them. But because they have to go to Hunley right away, I think New Orleans wins this one. But I don't think Green Bay is in as bad a shape as people are talking about. I'm going New Orleans as well. Yeah, I, I I agree with Jack. I mean, if this was next week, I would have gone with the Packers. I'm going to go with the Saints only because, it's you know, they didn't have much time to prepare yeah, exactly. them enough. Cowboys at 49ers. San Francisco has kept a ton of their games close this year. Dak Prescott's starting to get things rolling for Dallas, though, and I like them on the road to win. Yeah, I don't think this one stays close. I think that streak ends and Dallas wins pretty big here. Yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys as well. You know, I'm a little nervous, a little leery about this Ezekiel Elliott situation. It's causing a, causing a lot of drama. I think he's better off not being on the team right now. It's causing too much drama. I think the Cowboys will win, but it's going to be really close because there's too much drama going around. Devin, Seahawks at Giants. The three of us in our Giants segment all picked the Seahawks. Are you going to make it four against nothing here with this matchup? It's going to be a sweep. I'm going Seahawks here. All right, we'll move on then. Before we get into Sunday night and Monday night, let's talk about the Broncos in L.A. to take on the Chargers, where the Chargers haven't played well in front of those L.A. fans yet. Denver coming off the surprising loss to the Giants. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to lean towards the Chargers because they're home, even though that hasn't meant much this year. I think Phillip Rivers has a nice game. I think after having a down week last week, C.J. Anderson comes back big because that Chargers rushing defense is terrible. I think C.J. Anderson runs for like 150 yards and they get a win there. I also think this gonna be this game is gonna be close. I think the Chargers probably have the least home field advantage out of any team right. in the league. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go Broncos in a close one. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, I think the Chargers have the least home field advantage in all the sports in the entire world that I know. <laughs> so uh, you know, with that being said, I think the Broncos win only for that reason. But it's gonna be yet another close game for the close loss for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Some good uh, primetime matchups this week: Sunday Night Football, Falcons at Patriots. Super Bowl rematch. Haven't heard that yet this week. I'm going Patriots. <laughs> yep, Patriots. It's going to be, like, I'm going to die, though, probably three times. <laughs> I think this game is going to be super fun to watch, but I just, you can't count out the Patriots. I'm going to go Pats. I'm only picking the Pats because the Falcons are annoyingly streaky, <laughs> so I'm going with the Pats. And Monday Night Football, I think this one's going to be a sweep as well, although I'm not positive. Redskins at Eagles. The Eagles look great so far this year in 2017. I'm picking them on home field. The link is going to be rocking on Monday night. Yeah, I've really got no reason to pick against them. I would love to just for the sake of an upset, but I really think they're the real deal. Eagles. I think both these teams could make the playoffs, but the tiebreaker for me here is uh, Eagles being at home. I'm going to go Eagles. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing an Eagles upset, but it's not in D.C. Matt, just for you, I'm going to say go Eagles, <laughs> You're go, sense, baby. You're sensing an upset of the Eagles? If this were in D.C. Uh, that's fair. And it's not. It's in Philly, so the Eagles are winning. All right, so we rounded out with a couple of uh, clean sweeps on Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football, and that's going to round out Week 7 of NFL Friday. For my co-hosts, Mir Guri and Jack McLoon, Devin Clemente with the fantasy advice, and our producer, Cam Morris, I'm Matt Murphy. Have a great weekend, everybody, and tune in next week for another edition of NFL Friday.